0: Hey! <laughs> uh, is that how you wanted to start? I think that'd be more audible for the listeners out there. Uh, okay, uh, so we're gonna do the Mind Virus Show. Welcome to the Mind Virus Show. My name is Jordan Bruno, and uh, today we're gonna do the funeral version. I'm with uh,
1: good morning. my good friend. <laughs> I think we've talked a little bit about. Good morning, Vietnam. That's a good movie. I'll write it down. We've mentioned it before, and we're not going to talk we about know that it. Movies much don't today. get watched
0: unless I post a link to them on the podcast page at mindvirus.show on the web.
1: It's a good, good old fashioned anti war film. Robin Williams uh, is Robin Williams.
0: <laughs> Robin Williams plays Robin Williams. Yeah, but but he also like he did in, like, in Aladdin, <laughs> in every other movie he's been in <laughs> Jumanji. But
1: he comes in as a uh, he, he's sent to Vietnam to help with the 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 radio station there, the the military radio station. Nineteen eighty-seven, and he 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 uh, he spices it up much to the much to the. Angerment of the people in charge, and I think there's, but of course the people, the 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 dirty soldiers, you know, the people dying, they love him because he plays music like real music, and he's telling jokes, and becomes kind of a little, uh, somewhat of a celebrity. Picture a man going on
0: a journey beyond sight and sound. He's entered the demilitarized zone. Good
1: man. <laughs> yeah rest in peace robin williams yeah for sure but well, that's a that's a great movie about disrupting the powers that be we used to make movies about that now we make movies telling us to trust and to become the powers become that be. the powers that be
0: <laughs> worship the powers
2: that be right well anyway good morning <laughs> It's Monday, <laughs> November fourteenth, two
1: thousand twenty-two. The elections occurred after a fashion. Yeah, I was wrong in my prediction. So, first time there's a first. First time, time for ever. everything. <laughs> yep, they they did happen. Nothing real surprising here in the great state of Utah, and you knew there wouldn't be because the national media wasn't talking about Evan McMullen. Like okay. they like they were Oz and Fetterman or uh, okay some of these other prominent races Herschel Walker and that election denier lady I can't remember her name <clears throat> so and, and the national media unlike 2016 when when uh, when Evan McMullen was uh, astroturfing the presidential election and was on the ballot here in the great state of Utah. And the national media really made a big deal out of that. He was pretty well ignored, which meant that for whatever reason, people were satisfied with Mike
0: Lee being the winner. Are and we he, like he just won. living in a... He won easily. We're sort of living in our own private Idaho here, aren't we? In Utah?
1: Our own private Idaho, Utah. That's a well, Utah, I reference think in, to the B-52s song. Isn't there a movie called My Private Idaho as well? Maybe they did the song for the movie? It was the B-52s
0: from their 1980 album, Wild Planet. And then My Own Private Idaho, 1991. Never seen that. Have you seen it? Not that I remember. Well, It's a B-52 song. If you lived in the 80s, you had to have heard... Well, I know the B-52s, yeah. Yeah. What's a B-52? I mean... It's a bombing airplane. A bombing airplane. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) That was a good name for a a band. And I don't even think they're American. Isn't the
1: B-52s an American-made plane, right? But The B-52s, were they Americans? Or are they from, like, England? Let's see.
0: Um, The B-52s...
2: Come on, Wikipedia. Where are you? Well, he's he's efforting on that. I will
1: say I will make my last point about the great state of Utah is that I don't think formed in Athens, Georgia, in 1976. All right, so they are Americans. I don't think uh, it was a big deal to have McMullen win here. There was there would no no advantage for the oligarchy because I think Utah has enough. Uh, of of the oligarchy here in the form of Romney, Spencer Cox. You know, there's enough yes men here. And Utah's I already think, kinda under the thumb. We've got the digital ID incubating here. You've got a lot of uh, military corporatism I'm trying, I'm trying to rooted escape. here.
0: I'm really trying to trying to get away from this feeling of inevitability, of futility. Like this last election I think has bothered me a little bit. It's like, I, re- I really don't, you know, they, they there's been a lot of talk about why the red wave didn't happen. <laughs> and I, I, it, it, am I alone here? I'd love to see the listeners chime in on this, but I know we haven't read your comments on the area in a while. Maybe we should do that today. But am I alone in my understanding that it, People were really not happy with the status quo, like really, really not happy. And uh, it should have been an overwhelming reversion away from the these failed status Democratic Democrat Party policies. <laughs> yeah, I, I, a- I'm, I don't think I'm alone in that. I don't, th- and I don't think just living in Utah in this private Idaho of ours prohibits me from being able to, you know. Uh, put a finger on the pulse of, of what's going on across the nation. I I really think people everywhere are pretty upset. I mean, and I, I've been back to the Northeast and to the Southeast this year in a car. It it just seems like we we were seeing enough uh, Biden stickers on gas pumps, you know, thank a Democrat. Right. Uh, I did that stickers.
2: Yeah. I, if granted,
0: New York looked pretty Democrat, but if but there were if, a lot of Trump people in the Midwest. I'm if, telling you,
1: if we want to accept that the elections are safe and secure, like and effective, we're told they're very effective. It's possible that people. It's possible that people had just forgotten how bad it was a year and two years ago, when it came to the COVID restrictions. It's possible people have recovered enough ish from inflation or gas prices, or they've just adjusted their lives and they've forgotten that they're paying a lot more for everything right now.
0: So the big the big uh, hit was long enough ago that they've they've had to just deal with it and they're like, Yeah, screw it, we'll just put these guys back in power?
1: Yeah, maybe. And they just default to their partisan tendencies. I think people do that. I mean, I, I think the Fetterman-Oz K- election up in Pennsylvania was a really interesting study in how politics breaks people's brains because here you had Dr. Oz, yes, that Dr. Oz, the TV Dr. Oz, running as a Republican, something he's never been in his life,
0: mm-hmm. running against... Of course, he was endorsed by Donald J. Trump.
1: Yes, which a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of Trump... That's a head-scratcher, Trump right? types were were baffled by that. And then you got John Fetterman, who is literally brain damaged, like had a stroke. I'm not trying to make light of it, but he should not have been running. It was like abuse, what they were doing to him. And you just watched watched him in the debate, watch him try to string a sentence together. And my prediction, here's another Bobby Flood prediction. We'll never hear from John Fetterman again. He'll he'll be there in his he'll serve his term and he'll rubber stamp everything. He's a reliable yes vote on everything. Democrat. It's not like they're going to run him out there into the media to give speeches or something. Like mm-hmm. he's not charismatic and he can't. He literally
0: can't speak. So here you had this most absurd election. So it's a clown world. Uh- a bizarro world type of an election. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but no that, matter who won, po- it was going to be bizarre. Thing, like the House races are the things that should have sort of been the bellwether here, I think. I know the Senate is highly susceptible. It's only two races per.
1: Well, in the House, state. there was a
0: bit of a red wave. Well, was there? There was a red. Ripple is what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, but they they they, they took the house. The, the so Republicans far, will have the house. Well, according to yeah, but they sh- they should have dramatically right overturned that according to <clears throat> you know what what everybody was feeling right now. Fox News says, for example, that um, nineteen House seats are left in play. That the Republicans have secured two hundred and twelve of the two hundred and eighteen needed for a majority meaning they need to win six of the remaining 19 which they probably will but what i'm saying is that they were people were worried that they were going to pick up 50 plus like right it definitely you know, that's it, it definitely, those are less influenceable less manipulable so theoretically right apparently with the electronic voting machines it's all doable well you just have to have the right story for it, like well, the power went out or the water main broke or Yeah, you had cameras go out in Nevada.
1: Uh Arizona's, Arizona had places where they run out of paper.
3: Well, they're still
0: counting in Arizona. <laughs> because see the the Secretary of State, this lady Hobbs is her name. Mm-hmm. She's running for governor. She's also in charge of the election. Where have we heard that before? That's happened in a state close to our private Idaho. Yeah, that would never happen. That would never happen.
1: There's no way like a state that doesn't have a secretary of state— Like maybe they just have a lieutenant governor that manages that. A lieutenant governor that's in charge of the elections would also be on the ballot running for governor. That would never happen.
0: But that's a big red flag. People people would never think that there was the possibility of impropriety, right? You've got—it's the most basic conflict of
1: interest. You've got the person in charge of the contest is a contestant
0: in the contest. When Amalickiah comes to you and says, I want to be second in command, I'll just give you the control of the army, you know, just let me be your second in command. We'll go back and we'll talk to the king and we'll see if we can diffuse this, this tricky situation that I created with the Nephites. Mm -hmm. Go read Alma chapter 46, 47, 48 ish, just for kicks. Yeah, and then you've I'm got not saying, this whole debacle. I'm not saying Gary Herbert was assassinated. <laughs> well, he didn't need to be.
1: <laughs>
0: he's still alive and kicking as far as I know. Oh, yeah, he's still available Jones. He's probably He's probably working some lucrative job for a multinational corporation right now. What well, is Gary he, Herbert he, up to?
1: He was on the, I think he was on a board for a local university and I think he was uh, the head of the Chamber of Commerce or may- maybe that's just ceremonial, but he had something to do with the Chamber of Commerce. He really ought to be, he really ought to, to be fleeing the country because he is a coward and, and uh, you know, his behavior during the early days of the pandemic was despicable. But he won't be because none of those people feel as any shame or guilt for what they did. If they did, they would resign. They would apologize. They would try to repent and make amends for their actions. But they didn't know. They didn't know what they were doing. They were, they were making the best decisions based on bad information.
0: Hmm. So you want to forgive them? <clears throat>
1: He has to ask for forgiveness. Gary Herbert? Otherwise, I still see them as a, as a threat to my safety. <laughs> because all of this could happen again. It's trying to happen again. It's no coincidence that two days after the election, you know, you see another push for masking in schools. And I'm sure that there's going to be kids out there that are required to wear a mask just to go to school again in certain areas of this country. It's all, all of this is still hanging over our heads, right? The lockdowns, the mandates,
2: the forced medical experimentation. You know, NBC News, you ever heard of them?
0: Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good acronym NBC News, not be correct news
1: it might stand for that but i'm not positive but do you but uh, they they're kind of a never bringing correct news <laughs> they're kind of a they they're kind of a one of the big news agencies right nbc nbc
0: right about what 5 to 8 million a night watchers they rival the mind virus
3: show <laughs> this is en- this is nbc
1: news just the other day myocarditis after covid vaccination Pfizer and Moderna are tracking adverse health effects, if any, that may appear in the years following a diagnosis of vaccine-associated heart problems. Th- that's NBC News acknowledging a baseless conspiracy theory <laughs> that had I tweeted those same words or something similar, I would have Did been. they get kicked off of Twitter for that? Uh, no.
0: Oh, because... Elon Musk is now in charge, and we don't kick people off anymore. Well... So it's safe for the news agencies to say stuff like
1: that. But now. that's something that people were being kicked off for not too long ago, or suspended, or shouted down. You know, there's an, a meme out there that says, the difference between reality and a conspiracy theory is just, is about three months.
0: Well, anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, Gary Herbert... Uh, the Deseret News has a puff piece on him. What do you do as a sequel? I'm not even going to link to this, by the way. A sequel to what? Well... Being the governor for 12 years? Yeah. Former Governor Gary Herbert may have passed the mantle for leading the Beehive State, but that doesn't mean he's ready to take a break from it public service. He didn't pass anything. He it's termed the, out. This is the Deseret News. They're looking for a few good fiction writers, a few good uh, hey, so fluff writers. We. So are we. Yeah. What do you do as a sequel? I'm not one to kind of just sit and rest on my laurels. My father taught me that a man's got to have a reason to get up in the morning, to do something, to give back, serve. Service is the rent you pay for the place you occupy. Boy, that, that was a lot of... <laughs> You know, a lot of one-liners stuff. there. How do you rest on laurels if you don't have any laurels? He, well, he plans to use the knowledge and connections gained from his years in state government and his years in general, because he turns 74 on Friday, to help unite Utah County's business community as the new executive chairman of the Utah Valley Chamber of Commerce. That's what he told reporters at so the chamber. He literally That's, is saying, I'm going to
1: abuse my station to take advantage of business opportunities Well, the
0: business community in Utah County needs uniting. Does it's it? It's very divisive down here. Yes. What what is it? This is the Daily Profit. <laughs> this is the Daily Profit, guys. I'm not This is the Desert <laughs> News. I don't know who even reads this anymore. But the, there was a, a link here that, to something I found interesting um Mitt Romney asked a booing crowd at Utah's Republican gathering if they were embarrassed. Uh, how sanctimonious is that? Are they embarrassed Do you remember him? that? They had censured him. Do you remember them censuring Mitt yeah, Romney? And yeah. then they booed him, and he asked if they were embarrassed? That's incredibly oh, he's, sanctimonious. Of course it is, but
1: that's what all of these people are. That's who they are. It's like when Spencer Cox said he was tired of protecting the unvaccinated in a in a press conference like who do you people think you are well, I know who they think we are they think we're just cow manure <clears throat> anyway <laughs> i like that language though uh, that gary herbert uses he's like i'm going to use my connections to unite the business communities oh so you're just going to continue to be a grifter
0: okay <laughs> Good to know. These are trite aphorisms. Is that what we'd call? It? I'm just stringing them together. I watched uh, last night. I watched the movie A Few Good Men. By the way, that's a that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. And um, you need me on that wall. What's his name? You want me on that uh, wall?
3: Dang it! How come I Jack
0: Jack Nicholson? There you go. Yeah, th- there's a f- a fun part of that movie where Tom Cruise goes out and buys magazines or newspapers and he talks to the guy and all they say. Back and forth are these little aphorisms, you know, little truisms. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Well, you can say that again. <laughs> it ain't over till the fat lady sings. So I walked into that one. You know, it's <laughs> kind of funny. A little yeah, contest. The the, uh,
1: the Deseret News, by the way, has gotten really bad, like, re- really <laughs> over the
0: top. Isn't is the Deseret News openly church run? Oh yeah. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of uh, ads for The Chosen on IMDb, by the way. Yeah, they're getting ready to launch their season three. So there's been a little media media
1: push. Sometimes when the the stuff gets mainstream, stuff like that, sometimes it it suffers in quality. So we'll see what they come up with for season three. I've got high hopes. I'm looking forward to watching it.
0: Yeah. So tell us about the Deseret News.
1: You read it? You're a regular Uh, reader? uh, No, but I have occasionally been steered toward it and they're terrible that's all i have to say i mean they're just terrible they just they run the party lines the regime lines they they demonized the unvaccinated they said you know there, there's an article from a couple years ago something like "Is the spread of the coronavirus actually your fault and it's just they're just you know they they're your like You've called Utah the Me Too state, and the the media here is the Me Too media. They want to be just like CNN. They want to be like NBC News. They want to be, you know, they want to they want people from the east to be reading the Deseret News to find out what's going on in the west. And it's like, I mean, the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, in in you know the Salt Lake City based newspaper, was going out of business. And the Deseret News bailed him out. And, and so the two major papers in the state of Utah have the same owners.
0: Well, the curr- but, currently the Salt Lake Tribune is owned by Paul Huntsman. And then they put <clears> it into a uh, sort of a nonprofit model. I'm trying to find out. Because they this can't is, make this the is, money. W- this is right. This is one of the Huntsman's, right? Paul Huntsman. Yeah. Is, he, is he's the brother of John Huntsman Jr.? Yes. I think are we sure of that? I'm uh, looking for that right now. I
1: think it's the same family. But and I think before he owned it is when the Deseret News ownership group, Deseret Digital Media or whatever they're called, bailed him out. And at that time it was reported that the Salt Lake Tribune had just thirty thousand subscribers. Hmm. I mean, there's twelve year olds on YouTube that
0: have Lots of twelve year years have thirty a, <laughs> million, just you know, subscribers. Like, so it, it that. This is what the New York Times says about Paul Huntsman under the under the subheading "An Accidental Publisher." Mister Huntsman was the sixth of nine children born to John Huntsman Senior and his wife. It's, it's like he, they're trying to say he kind of like just fell into this, just lucked into the, it. This is what happened. Let me tell you what happened. I'm, I'm, this is not sourced anywhere. This is just totally conjecture somebody they're in the back room they're in the in the smoke filled room the dark room right of course these guys don't smoke cigars they're well, they're they're in the back room at the at the, in the star chamber making the discussions and paul huntsman happens to wander in to talk to his brother john
1: john i've got that lunch order that you sitting, uh, who's put in. sitting
0: who's sitting on a bench <laughs> Off to the side of the table that everybody's around. Okay, remember the movie Spectre, James Bond, where they're in this big meeting in Rome and it's dark and they're all around the table and Dave Bautista gouges the eyes out of some guy that he wants to take his assignment. That's the setting. John Huntsman Jr. sitting off to the side. Paul wanders in with the um, lunch. Calzones? I don't know what they ordered.
1: Mm, That's probably too many carbs for those guys. They probably got arugula salads <laughs> with shaved mozzarella. Okay. <laughs> small little to, the little tomatoes. Was it Chinese? And some prosciutto. Dip it have been
0: in Chinese food or something. S- J- Huntsman Junior was. I think he's he's hip on the Chinese stuff right now. Well, he did. He was the ambas- ambassador to China. Yeah, he probably ordered out to like uh Chinese Isle or something. Or I don't know. Those, I don't think those people eat the same way we do. Well, anyway, I'm sure they don't eat the same way that John Husman Jr. eats. Paul wanders in right as they're discussing how they're going to solve the problem of the Salt Lake Tribune. And, and somebody all of a sudden gets a great idea. And he's like, hold on a second, Paul. Stop right there. Paul, before you leave. Before you leave. Yeah, we're going to have you purchase the Salt Lake Tribune. What?
1: I, I don't want that. <laughs> that's not a matter that's of That's an wanting. albatross.
0: <laughs> well... We're sorry, son. It
1: hasn't made money since 1936.
0: The decision's been made. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Now, I'm going to need a low-interest loan. Well, the best we can do is 1.7%. Uh, oh, come on. You gave Johnny a negative interest loan the other day. You made him the ambassador of China. Can I, I don't want to have to run a... this
1: newspaper. Can I at least come with a puff piece in the New York Times? Look, oh, son. All right. Look, son, quit whining. Can I have lunch with other newspaper moguls like Jeff Bezos? Uh, probably not.
2: If you, we'll see if we can fit you If into you can schedule. increase
1: the subscribership, maybe we'll arrange a Zoom meeting with Jeff Bezos. Maybe.
0: That's. I think that's pretty much how it went down. <laughs> that's a transcription. Paul, Paul now owns the uh, Salt Lake Tribune. And he is uh, working to massage the minds of the 30,000 people that visit that site. Well, you know, people have, have lamented the, the
1: decline of traditional media and newspapers. And, and, and I think there's something to be said for that. But no one, maybe not no one, but the powers in that world, the, the regime mouthpieces don't seem to want to, do any self-reflection and ask themselves why. Well, oh, it's the internet. Well, you, you're on the internet. right? These newspapers why are, are losing, on the internet. Why are you
0: losing, well, the reason they're losing subscribers in their opinion is disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. And the real reason is that that
1: is what they peddle. They aren't telling the truth and we can see that. We know that we're being lied to and manipulated. It just so happens that there's a few people in the population that like to be lied to and manipulated because they like to think that they're on the intellectual bandwagon that they're part of the smart crowd and you know the best and brightest in our country are journalists and politicians and you know the heads of venerable institutions like universities and hospitals It's clear by the latest crop of of candidates we're not sending our best and brightest to Washington. We're not sending our best and brightest to journalism school. Our best and brightest are starting podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, has anybody heard from Dr. Fauci lately? Is he still is he still in the country? I thought he was going to retire yeah, at the end of the year. But what I'm thinking what year? is <laughs> What I'm thinking is by retire he meant Get smuggle himself to the Bahamas, where he's going to shack up with the FTX guys.
2: Okay, let's talk about FTX. Like,
0: so we had the we had the election, which, again,
2: it, then, it, it was just it's kind every, of a, it it's kind of fizzled this, out right? This
0: red ripple thing—it's even on the Deseret News on the advertisements. Well, that's on the, the side. that's the talking point being. That it, That's the four a.m.
1: CIA talking
0: point. Going red out. ripple. Say ripple. Call it a ripple. Let's pretend that the elections were were actually fair and real. Right. This is a pleasant fiction.
1: <laughs> so you ever, you ever seen Gladiator? Yeah,
0: but I don't remember all enough well
1: enough to quote it. Richard Harris, who also played Dumbledore, yeah, in the first movie before he died in real life, mm-hmm. he played. Oh, what was his name? He was the, the Emperor Augustus, maybe. The father of... Yeah, uh, and he...
0: Uh, what's...
1: The father of Joaquin of Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, and he yeah. has a sister who's played by somebody I don't remember, but he takes the sister aside just before his untimely death. Spoiler alert. And he says something like, Let's pretend that I am a loving, understanding father.
0: Connie Nilsson plays Lucilia. And she says...
1: This is a pleasant fiction.
0: <laughs> I really like that
1: movie. That's a good that's a fun movie. Yeah, it's a good one. But I derailed you. You said let's pretend that the elections are fair and secure and effective. Yeah, and, and then safe. we can
0: we can move on to uh this FTX debacle. If if you are paying any attention to the financial markets, you should be aware that Bitcoin lost about twenty-five percent of its value, maybe more in the last, or more or less, in the last week or so. What's the story on that? Do you know more about that? About FTX? Yeah, I maybe I, just I'm kind of learning
1: bit. about it. Like I had no, I'd seen FTX. I'm a I'm a baseball fan, and I watch the baseball playoffs, and the umpires. Had this patch on their sleeve that said FTX. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, what is that? And I looked it up and it's a crypto exchange. And I thought, should we really be having advertisements on the people that are supposed to make sure the game is played fairly?
0: <laughs> That's a good point there, Bobby Flood. What is FTX Exchange? According to Investopedia, FTX Exchange is a leading centralized cryptocurrency exchange specializing in derivatives and leveraged products. Though Now there's some interesting uh, rabbit holes or, or tangential strings to follow there. Derivatives were essentially the thing that caused the 2008 financial collapse. Uh, things like credit default swaps, which are financialized uh, products that you can, or insurance type of products you can purchase on top of other products like mortgages or mortgage rates etc that's what created the collapse of uh 2008 you know what the guy's name was that founded ftx bankman fried
1: yeah sam bankman fried like that that's do you think
0: they made that up <laughs> sounds sounds made up it sounds like 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 someone writing a, a fiction this is what uh, investopedia said they said founded in 2018 by mit graduate and former Jane Street Capital International Exchange Traded Funds Trader, Sam Bankman-Fried. FTX offers a range of trading products, including derivatives, options, volatility products, and leveraged tokens. It reminds so, me
1: of uh, the, the, the Lieutenant Prime Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister, I guess, in Canada, number two. Free, Freeman? Her, her name is Christia Freeland.
0: Oh, Freeland. Okay.
1: There's some, some irony there as she was standing up on a on a bully pulpit telling everybody that
0: Canada is no longer a free land. (laughs) So just as we, as we were about to start the podcast, I was lamenting to Bobby. I was like, are we living? Is the, is the false reality that we're living in really that bad? I mean, are we, are we just talking about things that are occurring on the fringes? Are we, are these things so fully, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm committing fully to this thought, but sometimes I definitely wonder. You can go back and listen to our episode on the secret space program. I forget which one that was, but uh, I think it was
2: uh, called um nothing didn't didn't I nothing
0: special? I believe. Okay, that was episode ninety, but. I'm asking myself, I mean, are we really living in some sort of a fully puppeteered reality where we're just talking about things they had they have engineered for us to talk about a couple of years ago. And they made up these players like Freeland and Bankman Fried. And then they just it sure ton- seems that then way. they just throw at us this debacle where a ton of people lose a ton of money they shuffled a bunch of money into the Democrat Party and into the, into the mechanisms. Well, what, what you've had here, I guess... Because that money didn't just go nowhere. Well, yeah, it, it, uh,
1: a lot of it went to Ukraine. Exactly. And then Ukraine turned around and... Inv- See, invested in small here, arms
0: dealers here, around the world. Well,
1: or th- this is one of the little flow charts I've seen with FTX, is that the U.S. government takes tax money and gives it to Ukraine in the form of war aid, or uh, what did they call it back in the day? I remember we talked about this term, uh, lethal aid. <laughs> lethal aid is <laughs> how they called it. <laughs> which They didn't want to say missiles, but they take this money, and, they, and we've famously given billions, tens of billions to Ukraine. Ukraine is then turning around and investing that money in a crypto, exger- a crypto exchange
0: so Ukraine, a company Ukraine called was FTX. speculating. Ukraine was speculating in the crypto markets with all the money we're giving them? And then FTX takes that money and donates it to Democrats in the US. The money yeah. that Ukraine invested that they got because the Democrat Congress is giving them so much money. Yeah, it's a, launder, it's a laundromat. So, U.S. taxpayers are funding
1: Democrat candidates. And along the way, everyone takes their cut. Oh, you got to find that flow chart. It's all over. It's it's all on the Twitters.
3: But that's that's
1: because FTX had this charity or foundation, right? This side of it that they were investing heavily or... Donating heavily in Ukraine. They're also funding studies that showed ivermectin was ineffective.
0: Did they (laughs) have... FTX was? Yes. Did they have an apartment next to David Levitt's?
1: Maybe. Possibly? Maybe they were investing in Montana Buffalo. Hmm. But I don't think it's coincidental that after the elections are over, FTX has served its purpose. Now it's imploding. But what you, what it ends up being is that FTX is, is by some accounts the second largest democrat donor
0: next to George Soros, right? Yes.
1: So the second biggest democrat donor is actually a fraud.
0: This doesn't count all the free publicity that uh, the statists get through the corporate owned media outlets. I mean, that dwarfs right, that right, dwarfs Soros' money.
1: But, I mean, imagine if this was Donald Trump, right? I mean, it's kind of a fun but stupid fruitless game to play, like the imagine if. Imagine if this was a libertarian or a conservative. And this, <laughs> well, he'd be in jail. So funny. He'd probably be strung up on a bridge. But right now, it's like, you're probably going to walk this Bankman Fried guy might pay the price, but nobody else will. Isn't he like in the Bahamas? Well, that's where FTX is based.
0: And his girlfriend... (laughs) She got like a $10 billion infusion over the weekend. His
1: girlfriend was the CEO of a sister company called Alameda, and they were just funneling money to each other. And I saw an interview with her, and I thought, she's the CEO of something? Like She couldn't run a... She she couldn't she couldn't run a SimCity Sim City game effectively.
0: <laughs> Apparently, anyway, it's it's zero these- zero hedge is reporting that FTX founder Sam Bankman Fried lists Bahamas penthouse for forty million. So he's selling his house, a penthouse, in the Bahamas. Meanwhile, Amazon is going to fire ten thousand employees this week. Yeah, I
1: think these tech companies are just bloated. Because I don't think Amazon sales are hurting, but I just I th- think they have too many. Like like Elon Musk, is, he's dropping little tidbits here and there about Twitter, and he's claiming that Twitter was spending $13 million a year on lunches for the employees, but badge scans, meaning like when you go to work, you scan your ID badge to mm-hmm. get into the building, show that only... or so of employees are working in the office. So they were buying, he said, there's more people preparing the food than are eating it. So he's cutting out the free lunches. And of course, people are losing their minds. And it's like, just bring your own lunch like every other adult in America. Like that, that was a nice perk to get free lunch at your office. And it's also very, very, very rare to get free lunch on a daily basis at your office. Like, that's not so, that's not normal. It's a cuttable expense is what you're saying. It's a yeah. rational thought. Normal is you bring a sandwich in a in a little bag and you eat it or you walk across the street and buy a sandwich. Right. It more and more it seems like the the employees at Twitter lived in a fantasy world. And they've thought the rest of the world in. they're going to move on to other companies and, oh, and sure. spread
0: their fantasy abroad.
1: I mean San Francisco is full of all of these, these startups and unicorns and where these delusional people work at them for a little while until the company collapses and they move on to the next one. You can build a whole career yeah. being a serial entrepreneur at fail-safe unicorns. Utah has a lot of that. Yeah. We're the silicone slopes. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I feel like we're just sort of ranting a little bit today, but...
0: Uh, no, it's okay.
1: But yeah, uh, this FTX thing is interesting. I mean, it, a lot of people, some good people, probably a few honest people lost some money, lost a lot of money. And this, this like $30 billion just vanished. Well, where did it go? That's the question. It doesn't just disintegrate. Well, that uh,
0: you know, I think that it kind of can when, you, when it's all based on leverage. That's the problem is that we have, um, when you take out a loan, that money gets essentially printed out of thin air, right? It's, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's just ones and zeros on a computer. Yeah, it's um, fractional reserve banking. This gets a little bit tricky to understand, but at the basic bottom line of this whole thing, all of our currency is based on debt every dollar that we have was borrowed into existence. It's not like somebody had that dollar and gave it to you. It was borrowed. So you have the promise to pay back with interest, every bit of currency. And then that idea is multiplied out there into what, what we were just talking about derivative markets, where somebody will put up a stock and, um, or put up a, a coin or something like that. And they'll, they'll lend it out and they'll lend it out to more than one person at the same time in some cases (laughs) and you then have a new financial instrument an options contract or a, a swap contract on that already intangible thing right this is why this is why gold bugs like gold. This is why a lot of people like gold because somewhere there's supposed to be a piece of gold. Well, that's
1: gold. what money used to be based on.
0: Yeah, but the, but the problem is gold, the gold's gone through the same process where somebody's housing it somewhere and then they lend it to somebody. Now you've got two copies of it. It's been digitized. Yeah, and so every everything's been digitized. And so you have these instruments that are called derivatives because they're derived from something else and they're not, not really real, and so if you can't make good on your contract, and this is what I was getting at, you, if you cannot pay back, which has to be paid in money, usually US dollars or in the case of cryptocurrency, it could be Bitcoin or some, some more stable form of the currency. If, if that gets wiped out, then um, all of that value disappears right the perceived value disappears and it can create uh if you if you consider the first level of derivatives the the foundation upon which the other ones rest it can make the whole the whole house fall down which is what happened in uh 2008 where uh, think uh organizations like aig insurance companies pension funds had had Listed as their assets, the things that that made that they were trying to earn interest on, the things that made them solvent and and able to borrow money to pay out the real dollars that they were supposed to pay their stakeholders or whatever though those um, assets became worthless because they were essentially just paper right or electronic they were they were fictional and in financial accounting you have uh these intervals or points in time where you're supposed to mark to market is what they say uh you're supposed to revalue your your asset base because the rules require you to have some sort of rationale some sort of real um structure or <laughs> Uh, some actual reality to the the asset base that you're borrowing against and when that all when that fiction is exposed when it becomes clear that the emperor is not wearing any clothes then the loans come due and everybody starts trying to get as many dollars as they can because they all the, everybody's borrowing from everybody else this is I, I this is it's it's boggling my mind to even try to explain it but everybody's borrowing money from everybody else, essentially. And when there's not uh, any money left and all the loans come due, that's when the economy crashes because no one can pay anybody and and the whole system seizes up. And that's what happened in 2008. Lehman Brothers crashed. Bear Stearns had crashed. And uh, their stock prices bailed. Their, their mechanisms for generating cash disappeared. All the people that were there lost their jobs, all the people, their counterparties, the people that they owed money to, they lo- lost big enough income streams that, that they started to look insolvent. And the government decided they were all too big to fail, came in and just arbitrarily put a halt to it, printed a ton of money, and quote-unquote destroyed the free market to save it. Which is your favorite quote.
1: Right. That was my uh, first red pill.
0: Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, certain entities in that equation, certain entities in that situation were, were made whole while others were destroyed. Mm-hmm. And th- thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people were affected financially because they didn't have access to the free money, the money printing mechanism at the top, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank and, and the government and the legislation. They got hung out to dry. Tons of real people get hung out to dry. And this is why, back in the day, you'd hear from church leaders and stuff, you know, financial um, guys like Dave Ramsey, it's like, don't go into debt. Right. Because the debt ends up eating you alive. It's all fun and games until you lose your job and you can't make the payments. And then you have to give everything back that was purchased on debt. So, that it's... I, I realize what I just said was like a bunch of, I don't know if it, it was quite a word salad, but it was a lot of convoluted um, meta data information about the financial system, and it is that convoluted. It's like made you to be there, that way. You get into it, you try to figure this stuff out. It's made to be that way to... It's hard to explain it simply. It's made to be that way to
1: make people like us not understand it, therefore not pay attention to it, not care about it. We only see that there are things that happen once in a while that cause the market to crash or to skyrocket. Or you hear about stuff like FTX. Oh yeah, it's because it's unregulated cryptocurrencies. And it's like, well, they are regulated and somewhat. And also that's not really what happened here. This This is more than just a case of a guy named Bankman Fried stealing people's money. I think that this whole i think ftx itself was a setup once it's a laundromat but what is the first thing that biden's press secretary what's her name carrie ann jerry pierre whatever her name is she comes out and says we have to regulate bitcoin we have to take over bitcoin it's like you don't say you know of course they want that right it all leads to the same end. All roads lead to central bank digital currencies. And they're trying hard to get us
2: to that point. Right. <clears throat> so world, world GDP is uh, estimated to be
0: 96 trillion dollars. Think about that for a minute. United I think States Apple's gdp Apple's got
1: that on cash on hand.
0: <laughs> United States GDP is estimated at <clears throat> twenty-three trillion dollars in twenty twenty-one. That's gross domestic product. The idea is uh,
2: this is the total value of the economic system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh so if you took the entire economy
0: all, sucked all the money out of it and took it to the bank, it would be $23 trillion, uh, the ac- the economic activity during the year, right? This isn't the total value of the assets. The total value of the assets might actually be... Uh, well, that's, that's a good question. We can try to value real estate assets. We can try to value uh, monetary assets, et cetera. But uh, financial derivatives are estimated to be currently valued at somewhere between one and two quadrillion. So that's one and $2,000 trillion worth of financial derivatives. So the entire economy is dwarfed by a factor of 10 when you look at the the derivatives markets, the, the, the uh, bets, the swaps, what, the, could, go what could go wrong, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so much of our... Financial stability is based on illusions and delusions. I mean, it's it's highly,
0: highly leveraged. It, it's starting to look like that that uh, section of the book of Revelation where in chapters 17 or 18, it talks about how Babylon was destroyed in an hour and uh, the merchants of the world look from afar off at the smoking wreck that is Babylon and lament that no one purchases their goods anymore. One hour. I don't think that that may be one of the areas of revelation that is actually not symbolic. <laughs>
1: it could just be an the one hour. It could be an actual minutes. hour.
0: Yeah. Within 60 minutes, the entire world financial system went up in smoke.
1: I mean that, that, that could actually happen the way that this is all set up. Yeah. I mean, this FTX thing happened in basically an hour. I mean, it's like overnight, just vanished, boom, boom, gone.
0: Yeah, same thing happened with Lehman and Bear Stearns. It was like pretty quick, those dominoes fell. Now, there
1: were were red flags and things, especially in the 2008 crisis. There were a few people saying, this is unsustainable, this won't work. Just like there are people saying that now about basically everything.
0: Yeah, people there are a lot of people and have been for a few years now, uh people in the alternative or new media crying foul and warning about this collapse, the the everything bubble that is going on right now and they're right. The problem is when when do the wheels really come off? Right. There are a couple of movies we've recommended before that I think would give people context. One is The Big Short. Right. That's a really good show. Christian Bale, Steve Carroll. um Carell, Carol. Um, it is Carell.
2: (laughs) It's spelled C-A-R-E-L-L. Right.
1: I'm pretty sure he says Carell. 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 It's Carell.
0: You're right. It's Michael Scott, if you don't know who we're talking about. Oh, that's, that's his real name. That's (laughs) his real name. But that's a great show, I think. And then there's another one called Margin Call, which is pretty good. That doesn't really get into exact details. But it's kind of about the same thing, and it's more of a drama. It's got uh, Zachary Quinto, Stanley Tucci, Kevin Spacey. Remember that? Did you ever see
2: that? I didn't see that one. 2011. It's a pretty good show. I thought it was good.
0: Anyway, that's what we're living in right now. Yeah, the simulation is broken. That's for sure. Well, so what do you want to talk about today? Well, we're almost an hour in. <laughs> if
1: you're still with us, uh you can find us at the Show.
0: And we do have our short story contest. Have you have we received anything yet? I have not heard a peep from anybody about that.
1: Maybe maybe I think
0: our listeners are shrinking from the assignment. They're hard at work on the assignment. They're hard at work. Hard at work. Okay. <laughs>
3: That's, yeah, that's
0: 3,000 words. How many pages is that?
1: I don't know. It's not that many. And it doesn't have to be 3,000 words, it can be up to.
0: Once there was uh, a bunch of people who got <laughs> incredibly prideful, and then their whole economy fell apart. They shot each other and died. You the play, end.
1: You plagiarize that.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> you plagiarized that from the future
1: and the past. <laughs> Well, I think uh, the the idea that this could all be a simulation is really interesting, because I think more more and more, it's like you see cracks, right? Kind of like the the light falling out of the sky in the Truman Show. Right. It's sort of like when, in The Simpsons, when Donald Trump rode the escalator, and then in reality, Donald Trump rode the escalator. Right. It's... It's remarkable how similar those situations are. And The Simpsons is kind of famous for, for these types of things, for predicting the future. And people call it predictive programming. In fact, there's some theories, and this would be fun to really dive into. There's some theories that the original Back to the Future film is predictive programming for 9 11. Really? And they've, I haven't they haven't heard this they one. They break the whole thing down, and you watch it. And you watch the way they present it, and you think, "Huh, <laughs> that actually kind of makes sense. That adds up from all of these things to like the in the beginning, the the mall is called like the Twin Trees Mall or something. Oh yeah, and at yeah. At the end, there's just a single tree, Twin Pines or something. Yeah, and and there's there's other things that these guys go through, and it's it's like. Whether it's real or not, whether it really was predictive programming for 9-11, you got to hand it to these guys for,
0: for coming up with what they did. It was pretty clever, and it's interesting. Well, you've got that uh, <clears throat> Simpsons 9-11 New York uh, the Simps- magazine.
1: The Simpsons had Kobe Bryant dying in a, in a helicopter <clears throat> crash. Did they? I'm pretty sure they did. And now I'm going to have to go find that because I've said it.
0: I've watched the montages of all the uh, clocks set to 9-11 in the movies. Right. How, it just seems like, you know, too many people would have to be in on it or how, you know, how. Unless, unless there's just a. Unless all the movies are made by the same person.
1: No, but maybe there's like running inside jokes. Of oh well we don't know we, don't, we you know this clock is in the background we'll set it to nine eleven because that's nine one one and it's just the you know I don't know maybe the the set decorators have an inside joke it, it wouldn't take that much because these aren't the movies aren't made by that many people when it comes to that type of thing right set decoration set building right like that, some the, of the
0: sounds get reused all the time there's a uh, and there, there's I think I saw this on Netflix, so it's probably not even real, but <laughs> there was a, a, a scare sound or a falling sound that they would use over and over yeah, again. The Wilhelm scream. Yeah, the Wilhelm scream. Okay. so ah! that's,
1: Yeah. That, and that got used a lot, right? Yeah. And then now it's kind of a meme and, and so they don't use it as much because it's so recognizable.
0: But it got like used hundreds of times. Yeah. It's if everywhere. not thousands of times. It's, it's in Star Wars. It's, like, it's in a lot of movies. Whenever somebody falls or gets surprised, is that when you use it? Probably, or they die. It's like a death scream, I think. You would know, right? I never used it. You never used it? Maybe. Was it it in film class (laughs) where they were like, and if you do a fall, this is the scream you're required to use. And if you have a clock, you must set it to 911 or... The Wilhelm, the, the Wilhelm scream is a
1: stock sound effect that has been used in a number of films and TV series beginning in 1951 with the film "Distant Drums." It goes on for there from there. Let's see if we can find an actual
2: uh, actual uh, clip of the sound. sure we can. There it is. <laughs> You've heard
1: it in Indiana. Jones, Star Wars, many others, I'm sure. but but I, I don't know, but I think like when you, there's a lot of this this predictive programming, at least before, like YouTube went on a, went on, went on a purge a, a couple years ago, and a lot of this stuff might have disappeared. but there used to be a lot of stuff about predictive programming on oh, YouTube. Oh, there,
0: there used to be tons of stuff on YouTube about 9-11, about conspiracy. Man, they have purged. We, we've been through a cleaning, through a, a, a cleansing of the temple, so to speak. Right. So here I, 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 <laughs> I did a search. Back
1: to the future 9-11 predictive. The top, the top result. Back to the Future predicted 9-11 and four other crazy conspiracy theories. Going online in the age of conspiracy theories, The Atlantic,
0: October 21st, 2015. Yeah, I'm looking at that article. We're not going to link to that. We're not giving them traffic. Washington
1: Post, a YouTube video claims Back to the Future predicted 9-11. Without a blatant display of humor, parodies of extreme views on the internet can't be distinguished from the genuine article. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Some people are just predisposed to view conspiracies lurking lurking behind every corner. It's funny that all of these mainstream places
1: would even bother covering this video. If it was such a baseless, crazy theory, why not it's damage
0: control, right?
1: (laughs) Right, and I'm not saying that it did, that Back to the Future legitimately did predict it, but I watched the video and remember thinking, this is... This is, some crazy, uh, this is some crazy coincidences. And prov- bravo to the people who made this for finding all these minute little details and putting them together into an entertaining mm-hmm. and informative and interesting theory. But I don't think any of these places are going to link to that video. But the idea of predictive programming is fascinating. It's really interesting because the, there's, it certainly exists even in some ambiguous way. I mean, you can't deny that there are certain things like an influx in films about pandemics, and then we have a <clears throat> real pandemic. Right. That features, the, in the real pandemic, that features a lot of these extremities from the movies, like these lockdowns and the... Remember in March 2020 like all of the all of the pictures of you know empty streets of Rome and New York City and was that stock footage from a movie? It could have been. I remember maybe I've mentioned this but this was well r- right away I was there was red alarm flags and bells and sirens going off in my head but
2: early in early in this in this uh, event 201 uh, Andrea Bocelli performed do you remember this it might have been on Easter but
1: Andrea Bocelli performed in, in Florence Italy I think I'm going to look this up
2: and of course the streets are all empty right and and it's, it's he's singing this beautiful
1: music and there's it's cut to overlaid with pictures of the empty streets and you know we're all in this together and stay home stay safe and and they've got multiple cameras and andrea bocelli is blind but he's moving from this church out into the courtyard it's clear that they've rehearsed this again he's blind okay and so it had to have had some 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 rehearsal. He had to have known, I got to take this many steps. Or he had somebody, he had a buzzer or something telling him when to stop, when to walk. And there's multiple camera angles. And I'm thinking, this is a big production. Are we okay with just all these people involved in this production are going to die tomorrow? Because that was kind of the messaging at the time, right? You got to stay home or stay safe. Italy was like on
0: fire. Right. Unless you're
1: making a propaganda piece that's going to pull at the people's heartstrings and make them feel sad and noble for staying home. I mean, anyway, let me see if I can find this
2: thing. And in my family, we we're big you know we're we're big uh we're big uh
1: Bocelli fans. And so everybody was wanting to watch this. Oh, now the ads playing. Yeah, Andrea Bocelli, Music for Hope, live from Diomo di Milano. So, it was in Milan, not Florence. But it's a half an hour long program. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's this, it opens up with this drone footage of the empty streets. You know, it looks like some kind of dystopia, which
0: it was. <laughs> we lived through a dystopia. We live in a dystopia. <laughs> True. Anyway,
1: uh, I don't even remember how I got off on that. But this predictive, I think there's something to the idea of predictive programming. Well, it take, And is it orchestrated? The question is, did they just throw that together really quick
0: or, you know?
1: It's a nice production. It, it, April 12th, I think, is when it aired, or at least when this is dated.
0: So they had a good month to put it together?
1: Well, no, because, well, oh, to- I, well I guess, yeah, because the lockdowns were... About a month before that. But it's kind of like they had the Good Global Citizen concert. That came together really fast, allegedly. Well, yeah. And that was literally what it was called, by the way. I didn't make that name up. It was (laughs) called the Good Global Citizen concert. And we heard that term a lot
0: from a lot of different sources during that time. So the lockdowns occurred and then all the famous people got together to put together these uh, social events before the vaccine, with tons of people working behind the scenes to put on shows for us. I mean, they risked their lives for us, is what you're saying. Yeah. There's an untold story there. Just like the... This shouldn't be hidden from the public view. We should be uh, speaking out about how these celebrities risked their lives when everyone else was locked down.
1: Yeah, well, just like the to guy, work in just, close proximity just like with each the other. guy that delivers tacos from Taco Bell, the Uber drivers, the Lyft drivers. How many of them died on people's porches, handing them their food? Their
0: last act. Stay home. Was an act of kindness. Stay safe. Delivering the Cholulas. Ah!
1: Is, well, ch-
0: is a Cholula a thing? Chalupa. Chalupa.
1: Cholula, I think, is a sauce. Is that okay. a hot sauce?
0: I don't know. It's been a while since I've had Taco Bell.
1: Here, I'm looking at this Bocelli thing. There's a guy playing the organ. Rip in piece organ player, because he's obviously dead.
0: He died during COVID. He died right then and there. His last act was to play
2: the organ. Let's hear it.
0: So there are many unsung heroes that help move that organ. Well, this is a sung hero. He's literally. Oh, he's singing. But but he walked right
1: into that one. He didn't. You could say that again. I walked right into that one. He didn't die. Uh, Bocelli didn't die. In fact, he was here in Salt Lake City not too long ago.
0: Well, that's because we're safe and effective here in Salt Lake City. I like predictive programming. It's a cool topic. Yeah, I wondered what, but like, so that's the question, right? How how much of this is uh, really engineered? Because it's starting to look like...
1: I think, I feel like it's more engineered than we think, but maybe not as much as, like it's not 100% engineered, but...
0: Who's doing the engineering?
1: Satan? <laughs> there, There's definitely, what's, how's the phrase go? Print. We don't fight against we f- armies, but principalities. Uh, yeah, we fight
0: not against uh, flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities, dominions, spiritual wickedness in high places.
1: Yeah, spiritual
0: wickedness in high places.
1: That's who's orchestrating this.
0: So do you think that when they do the Spectre meeting, you know, the one we were talking about with the Huntsman's? Mm-hmm. Do they have, like, Satan on speed dial? I mean, how is he—do they, ha- they conference call him in? Is, like, maybe he's on Zoom.
1: I think it's a bit like um, in Harry Potter when Lord Voldemort needs the Don't Death Eaters. That. When he who must not be named needs the Death Eaters, he casts that spell, which then lights up the tattoos on their arm, the right? The dark mark. And they portal out of there. That's, I think that's what happens. They don't, you don't call Satan. He calls you. You don't call him. Yeah. He
0: calls you. You appear, you you apparate into his
2: realm. Right. So that's where the star chamber is, the real star chamber. Did you ever read, uh, Parley P.
1: Pratt wrote a dialogue between Joseph Smith and the devil. You ever seen this? No, I haven't. I think I've still got it handy because I was reading it the other day. I I hadn't seen it either, and I started reading it. It's quite long, and it's kind of written. It's kind of written like a play. Um, a dialogue between Joseph Smith and the Devil, Parley P. Pratt. Parley P. Pratt. This dialogue was published in the New York Herald on January first, eighteen forty-four. Parley P. Pratt wrote, visiting. Northbridge, a short distance from Boston, and having a day's leisure, I wrote a dialogue entitled Joe Smith and the Devil, which was afterwards published in the New York Herald and in various papers in America and Europe. It was finally published and republished in pamphlet form and had a wide circulation, few persons knowing or mistrusting who was the author. And then he kind of writes it like like a play. Enter the Devil with a bundle of handbills, which he is in the act of pasting up. Wanted immediately, All the liars, swindlers, thieves, robbers, incendiaries, murderers, cheats, adulterers, harlots, blackguards, gamblers, bogus makers, idlers, busybodies, pickpockets, vagabonds, filthy persons, and all other infidels and rebellious, disorderly persons, for a crusade against Joe Smith and the Mormons. Be quick, be quick, I say, or our cause will be ruined and our kingdom overthrown by the fool of an imposter and his associates. For even now, all earth and hell is in a stew. That's the opening (laughs) 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 paragraph. It's quite long. I haven't read it all. But the, the basic premise is that the devil is upset at Joseph Smith because Joseph Smith is teaching that people can receive personal revelation. That's the extent of it? Well, that's the opening. That's kind of the... That's the main... So far. Conflict. And that the, this upsets the devil because he likes the other churches that keep people deaf and blind. Hmm. Anyway. How, did the,
0: how was that received? I don't know. Very well. <laughs> no, I don't know how it was received. But it was published in many papers, apparently, according to Mr. Pratt. Right. We can link to this. This is, a, um, this
1: is at a, uh, a BYU database is where this link comes
2: from mldb.byu.edu but that just reminded me of that when you mentioned uh, the the secret meetings
0: yeah if if you're out there and you have any uh insider information on this please bring it to light um You know, I had a chance to talk to some friends because we've mentioned the ritual abuse thing, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Satanic ritual abuse on the show before. There are people out there who have like close family friends who've experienced, you know, like been, who who say they've witnessed these things. This is not just people we don't know. right? (laughs) Uh, One friend of mine was on his mission in Canada and had an experience in a small town, a very very small town, and he likes to say look if it can happen there there and and the experience wasn't just that he uh saw something weird. It was it was a string of events leading to an admission that there was a an organized group of satan worshipers, mm-hmm. meaning people who Considered themselves uh, his people in and around and running that town. So if it can happen in a small town in Alberta, Canada, right, in the middle of nowhere,
1: I recently, it's probably all over the place. I recently started reading uh, Neil Gaiman's book, Good Omens. He co wrote that with Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett is, you probably, if you don't know the name, you probably know the face. He's, Terry Pratchett's been around with the Monty Python crew and I think let me make What sure. was the other guy's name? Neil Neil Gaiman. G-A-I-M-A-N. Neil Gaiman's one of my favorites. Okay. He's awesome. Um but in this
2: book, Good Omens takes place um some of the uh uh some
1: some of it's uh it takes place with devils. And Satanists and how they muck up the world and oh really? And it's kind of done as a humor, um, a humorous way. But maybe I'm getting Terry Pratchett mixed up. But Terry Pratchett's been around forever, written a lot of great books. But he co-wrote this with Neil Gaiman, and it's worth uh, Neil Gaiman is definitely worth reading. American Gods is really cool. Uh, Anansi Boys, which is kind of a sequel to that. He's really well known for The Sandman. And uh, there's actually a TV series of that on Netflix. But these are graphic novels, as in comic, big comic books, not not graphic as in like graphic. (laughs) Oh, it was graphic. Those are unfortunately named graphic novels. Because you hear that term and you think that they're... It's going to be explicit. Right. They're just... Salacious. They're just fat comic books, and some of them are probably graphic, but they're just fat comic books, hmm. novel-length stories told in comic book form. Anyway, um, it's kind of fun. It's kind of like the sort of like the Screw Tape letters, which are letters from a lesser devil to a, right. a, a senior devil, and C.S. Lewis wrote those, and of course, there's great insight into maybe, you know, the methods of devilology.
0: Yeah, it's the mind expanding to the high heavens and contemplating the dark abyss. It's not, I mean, you, you probably want to be seeking light as much as possible, but in a lot of cases, light shining on the darkness is light. Light exposing the hidden things of darkness is an important part of that acquisition of light. You've got to understand what you're up against.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think Terry Pratchett had anything to do with Monty Python, but he was a
2: well, um, accomplished author. He died in 2015 from Alzheimer's. Well, I, <clears throat> I, man, <clears throat> the black pill is
0: it's a powerful pill, powerful pill <laughs> that this whole. I mean, I we've been talking about this for a long time, even well before the whole podcast evolved onto the scene. And you know, and I and I've definitely contemplated the possibilities that the the situation is beyond repair. In fact, I think I've told a lot of people, probably here on the podcast, even that all we're experiencing are the symptoms of decades, if not centuries, of of. Um, corruption right it's the this is the what we're witnessing is the inevitable result of the hubris of mankind and our tendency to love darkness more than light because our deeds are evil we 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 tend to um, be under condemnation for our thoughts and actions and desires that are natural they're they're uh, they're typical of the natural man, right? The natural man is an enemy to God and has been since the fall of Adam, and will be unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and be- puts off the natural man and becomes a saint. This is this is typical of the world, and we we're supposed to rise above it, right? That's the point, I think, of Scripture, of the the teachings of the the sent ones, as Hugh Nibley would call them. We we need to rise above it and be better, and and remember who we are, and Act like it. So I, I know I've definitely been down this road before and talked about it extensively that, you know, this is just the way the fallen dead world is. But it's just, it's like you want your team to win, right? You want, and, and I'm not saying that my team is the Republicans, but I wanted to see the anti-statists win. I, I, I want to see, right? I wanted to see America <laughs> take a breath of fresh air here and it's just really sad because what, what happened with the election either demonstrates that we are apathetic and we don't care or they have the state, the the oligarchy has the, that kind of control that they've, they've manipulated all of the elections. And I think it's, I think that's where it's at. I really think we're headed for more significant anarchy because People right now are are gonna recover from what was like their team losing on Saturday or something a big a big loss an important loss, but this this has farther reaching repercussions than your team losing to its crosstown rival for the umpteenth time. When people start getting hungry, you know. When enough people lose their jobs, this is going to lead to chaos. And the controllers definitely want chaos because then they can implement greater restrictions and controls. They, can, they, they want the people to be clamoring for law and order. The, if you think these Democrat-run cities, that they, that they just intend to, um, to continue with the status quo, you know, that, 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 it's, that it's just inept for the sake of just because they're inept. No, this is, there's a very real plan to destabilize America so that they can create their order out of that chaos. It just takes a while. Right. It takes a while. So, so you've got to have that type of what appears to be incompetence going on in order to have the crime necessary to clamp down, to bring in the police state. So the the question is, though, as a, a again the analogy of riding the tiger is appropriate here. These these guys have a tiger by the tail in in the American public, and they're trying to put a saddle on us, and they're going to try to ride that tiger. But is this tiger going to rise up and destroy them? Are we, are are people just going to to fade away? And I'm not sitting here calling people to revolution, you know. I'm not, but uh, I I would prefer to be viewed as an observer, as a side, you know, somebody off to the side watching can, watching this go on.
1: You can have a revolution without violence. You can have a, a well Gandhi in, proved that. You can have an intellectual revolution where we just stop believing the lies and then stop acting on them.
0: Well, at some point, you have to stop following the evil laws you have to engage in civil disobedience and we might be on the cusp of that but
1: yeah that's so living living through it in slow motion is just so really stigmatized it's like it's so stigmatized about the only thing present uh, you know acceptable nowadays is to protest against something the state is tell us to protest against some form of racist against justice
0: or Russia or white people.
1: Well, yeah, of course that goes
2: without saying. Uh, yeah, and and this is this, these are big black pills. The question is
0: where where are you America? <laughs> are we really going to take this? I mean in in Utah, everybody's going, okay, Mike Lee won. Well, we're okay, we're going to right,
1: and like I said at the not beginning, much we I, can do with the ballot box I don't know that it it was the the establishment it was never in question. The establishment didn't do anything for for evan mcMullen the the local the locals tried k s l and desert news tried they tried to make it sound like a neck and neck race, and that McMullen was. You know, he ran on being an independent patriot, a former CIA
0: undercover agent. Yeah, he lost by like 15 points, right? Which, in a
1: head-to-head, is a blowout.
0: I mean, but, we, we but were, it should have been way worse. Uh, the, there's got to have been some well, sil- he there was, silliness, shenanigans there.
1: Maybe he ran as he was he was the effective Democrat candidate, so he won all of the Democrat strongholds in Summit County and Salt Lake County. And I think he turned a few never-Trump Republicans, but he still lost 55 to 40.
0: So all is well in Zion. That's what oh, well, of what course, saying. No, yeah. Yeah,
1: of course. By the way, I, f- I found a repost of that Back to the Future video cool. on YouTube, and there's this giant context warning. <laughs> yeah, what does it say? It's from Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, good, because they get everything right. Context. September 11 attacks, also called 9-11 attacks, series of airline hijackings and suicide attacks committed in 2001 by 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda against targets in the United States, the deadliest terrorist attack on American soil in U.S. history, the attacks against New York City and Washington, D.C. caused extensive deaths, and so on and so forth. I just think it's funny that they have this context with the official narrative. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think, I don't know, I don't remember that this video challenges the uh, official narrative. It's just telling you that this movie made in 1985 predicted that this would happen in, 19, in 2001, which really isn't wasn't that far before. 1985 and 2001 are not that far apart. 16 years. Anyway, we will link to this repost of it. I believe it's the same one that I, uh, you know, was referring to earlier. I'll have to rewatch it. But
0: well, we're all going to rewatch it. (laughs) Right. I've got to get back to the year nineteen eighty-five. Who's the president in nineteen
3: eighty-five?
0: Ronald Reagan. The the actor. actor? Who's the the vice president? Jerry
1: Lewis. Well, the simulation does have a sense of humor. I mean, we have right now, uh, you have a guy who used to play the president of Ukraine on television is the actual (laughs) president of Ukraine. And he's a grifter. (laughs) I mean, it's funny what's like, the the simulation is broken, but it does have a sense of humor. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm kind of speechless, but I, I wanted my team to win. I was hoping that Liberty would win. That we would see the evidence of... Right. Because that's where, that's where the media was, is supposed to let us in on the news and say, hey, by the way, everybody's pissed off. Right. You know, they, the whole point is, well, it wasn't as bad as... People really aren't that discontent with what's going on. Right. No, they are. They, people are very, very upset with what is going on.
1: I, I think maybe what we're realizing is that voting isn't the most effective or best way to show that how mad you are.
3: Because so, how do we get
0: engaged in this intellectual revolution then? Well, the
1: first thing to do is
0: the, they they they're deplatforming anybody that that says. Co- anything contrary to their narrative and they're being very they're very effective at it right now even right. with musk buying twitter you you know that that narrative is really odd well, because musk looks to be one of their dar- oligarch darlings what they're trying to do here and is and then they pull all of his advertisers and now make it look like he's under the gun
1: well and they're just trying to deplatform him and discredit him and it's working because now you have people saying oh gosh man twitter's a disaster you know he's ruining twitter and Maybe he, it's like hard to ruin something that was already just a big pile of crap. But, a big echo chamber. But, so they're delegitimizing him and I don't know if
2: he's the, you know, the heel or the hero in all of this. This kayfabe. But it might be that,
1: you know, the worst thing you could commit is to go against them, especially if you were one of them. Like you can't turn.
0: I think that's why that one of the reasons they hate Trump. Trump, yeah, Musk didn't do this himself. He he's got big money behind him. Like he right. didn't buy Twitter by himself. He organized a group of right investors.
1: I, I, I'm I'm sure he didn't just pull out his wallet
0: and write a check. Write a check for forty billion dollars or forty four billion dollars. He quietly sold some Tesla stock, and then he wrote that check, <laughs> <laughs> and then the stock tanked. So I I don't I mean that it's always the ultimate question is like,
1: what is how much of this is planned? How much of it is just happens when you're set up in this system where it's such a top heavy system, right? The voices, the agitprop, the apparatchiks, they all come from the same source, the same two or three places, right? I think there's some competing. Uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. They're not, you know, they're all vying for the crown. Yeah. And we're, you know, it's the game of thrones and we're just the peasants that get run over by the armies. You know, and the armies can be anything from the media to the institutions turning on us. So you said, you know, what do we do? Well, the first step, in my opinion, is to recognize that you're being lied to and manipulated. You have to recognize that. Because once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. And you see it everywhere. you know, you can even become a little bit paranoid, but you've got to recognize the truth from the air. And that's difficult to do, especially when sometimes the truth can be unsettling. When you realize that maybe, maybe all is not well. So the second step then is once you recognize it, you have to stop doing what they tell you to do. If they tell you to wear masks, you know, don't wear the masks. They tell you to be afraid of something or to stand for something. maybe. Maybe figure out what you're standing for. I mean, all these people waving Ukrainian flags, standing for Ukraine. You know what you were standing for? You were standing for a money laundry operation that just (laughs) supported Democrat political candidates.
0: There you go. So
1: is that what you were meaning to stand for? Is that why Spencer Cox pulled Russian vodka from the shelves of the Utah liquor stores? Like, by the way, I can't believe that didn't win the war.
0: So Spencer Cox is selling liquor?
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Utah's got a monopoly on, on liquor. Right, the state has. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like we need to come up with some sound bites because they're winning the... Uh, but... Go ahead. <laughs> we're too moral to have a lottery. And right, scratch right, and scratch off tickets. Right, Keep right. Keep that right, in mind. Right, okay.
1: Some catchphrases
0: that I, I like
1: catchphrases. That's what that's
0: what the I think the statists are really good at getting the young people because of catchphrases. We need some we need some catchphrase. Right. The blatant <laughs> reference to free guy. We we need we need some catchphrases that we need to get out there that demonstrate that the the mind virus is working the other direction. That- People like, don't really want to go along with this crap. I mean, the it just doesn't get very well publicized. Like the I Did That st- uh, stickers on the gas pumps. I've seen them. That's pretty good. I've seen them. I did that. You know, I'm sure that the stations are trying to remove those as fast as they're getting put up. But Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was a catchphrase in Atlas Shrugged, which was, Who is John Galt? Right. That became sort of the... Uh,
1: it's a rally cry.
0: Yeah, we or you or or sort of a lament, like you can't do anything about it type of a thing. Right. But there there must be some way that we can fight the mind war. And I think memes are pretty good at that. That means
1: memes can be powerful. They're sort of the modern day pamphlet or mm-hmm. uh poster, like, you know, the the uh you know, it, I noticed this a lot in New York city. I've been to New York city once and we've spent a lot of time on foot walking the streets. And if you like to people watch, it's incredible, but there's mm-hmm. posters and graffiti and things plastered everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, everywhere. More so than I've seen in other bigger cities. And there's anything from, you know, conspiracy theory stuff to just advertisements for shows and plays and bands and there's all, you know, just nonsense stuff, too. And I think that's kind of the digital version of, of that is the meme. Right, right. It can be, and it can be, you know, humorous. They can make a strong point. They can also, you know, propagate a lot of incorrect principles, too. You know, like the, the one I thought was a joke, there's one I still think about now and again that I thought was a joke and was actually being shared seriously. Mm-hmm. during the, the mask, the early days of the mask debates. <laughs> <laughs> is this the one where the guy had, pees on yeah, in his it, pants? Had the guy, had one guy like
0: We've posted that one like, before.
1: Yeah, you 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 know the reason you wear pants is so you don't pee all ever over everybody when you pee. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are everyone's out there just peeing themselves? But it's okay cuz they have pants that's, on. That's why we
0: wear pants.
1: That's why children are given diapers. Right. It was so absurd and yet people were sharing that as a like as a logical argument to wear masks. And I, I that was another point where I was like we are in some serious trouble because this is the level of discourse. This is the this is the intellectual <laughs> level of debate that we're at but yeah they can be quite you know the i did that sticker is essentially a meme
0: i right? think that the jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself meme was one of the closest we've come to sort of a, a mind revolution
1: right that was a big it was just got snuck in almost everywhere i think that was a red pill moment for a lot of people kind of like how i mentioned earlier they save the free market destroy the free market to save the free market was when i
0: went hold on <laughs> Hold on a minute. Well, too big to jail was yeah. was a good catchphrase then. Uh, is is it possible? because we, we've got some pretty good catchphrases there, right? Jeffrey Epstein and kill himself. Too big to jail. These things come to, come up all the time. I did not have sex with that woman. That one was invented by Bill Clinton. They 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 end up out there in the public mind. Let's go, Brandon. Is let's a go, very Brandon. There one. you go. Let's go, Brandon. But it's it's sort of past its prime. Like they, they, they seem to have like a shelf life, and the machine marches on. Yeah, I
1: this mean, is this is that's the like today's outrage I hate to be so
0: depressing. But definitely, I've been black pilled this week. It's today's like outrage. Pill, I took too many black pills.
1: Today's outrage won't even be on people's minds in seventy two
0: hours. You know, remember how we're lost. Then we're lost. I mean, if people really, are we that defeated? Are we defeated as a people? Listeners, please comment. Let us know.
2: (laughs) I'd really like to know what everybody's thinking.
1: I'll refrain from answering. I'll leave it to our listenership. I mean, I have my ideas. But I'd love to have that conversation
2: at the mindvirus.show. Leave a comment. Right. (laughs) I mean, there there's a, I think there's a small percentage
0: of the population that's really down the rabbit hole. You know, we'd consider ourselves down the rabbit hole. I'm not just saying we've got the whole truth here, but um, there's a, I think a larger portion of the population who loves America, wants to believe the vote is, uh, that it's possible to change things by voting, that the vote is safe and effective. Right. And they're now. I I think the question is: Are they right now waking up? Or are we just? Are some of us just a little bit ahead of the timeline? What well, I think what would have to happen is something that can
1: unite people. And the COVID lockdowns did that. There are people that were You well, United
0: a bunch of people that didn't have the money or power to do anything about
1: well, it. Well, yes and no. I mean, it, it, I think it red pilled or black pilled a lot of people. Who have significant Twitter followings and things like that, and yeah, that's in the long run, that's not much. But a lot of people came together and said, you know, I, I'm a lifelong Democrat, but this has gone too far. And then you, of course, you had Republicans saying, this is, you know, this has gone too far. That was supposed to be the coalition that ushered in this red wave. Right, And it didn't work. And I don't know if because too, it's because too much time has passed or when it really came down to it, the lifelong Democrat couldn't bring themselves to vote for a Republican. And that's where the real... I, another phrase that I like is politics is poison because it poisons our brains. It turns people into toxic. I remember when I was really starting to get into this stuff, again, in the wake of all this destroy the free market to save it and i was becoming like it was ruining me mm-hmm. because it's so it's it's designed to be so contentious and you can't have you, you you can't have intellectual arguments or discussions with people it's all just talking points right you can't talk you can't you're not going to meet you're not going to go to thanksgiving dinner and where your liberal cousin shows up and have a nuanced conversation about monetary policy or uh, the Federal Reserve or or uh, the dangers of wearing a mask in uh, the symbolism of it because it's too it's going to be too heated. It's, it's gonna, caustic, it, yeah. It's going to be, I'm right, you're wrong. No, 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 I'm right, you're wrong. And then you ruin Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Whereas a stimulating conversation that maybe gets a little spirited at times <laughs> could make Thanksgiving
0: really great. Well, we're, in my family, what's happening is there's been a natural separation. The parties that Which are, is, they, they've decided to do Thanksgiving.
1: That was, and that was the, that was the intent. Go back and listen to me rant and rave about this in our first 30 or 40 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to
0: 34, just listen to all of them.
1: Yeah. What did I always say? The first thing they took from us was each other they ma- they designed very this intentional. they designed this to make us mad at each other it's very and, intentional and and families have been ripped apart you've had communities you've had congregations you've had workplaces where that will never be put back together the just the wounds are so deep and some will be repaired some will overcome that and they'll get over it and you're, i i encourage you right. if you've got family or friendships that have fallen apart
0: yeah, I, that's not yeah, what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. hearing that you know, well, not, I probably yeah. should just sign off right now, get out of here, get my stuff packed up, head to the real bunker, <laughs> sit it out. You know, just get find the ether cave, sit out there and just watch and wait as this whole thing just destroys itself. Okay, I know I'm interrupting you, but is <laughs> that's how I feel. Talk me off the ledge. Wha- you were you were Wha- talking what? me off the ledge because we. Do you have a bunker? I lost my bunker in a strange boating accident <laughs> if you on don't, Utah well Lake. Well, then
1: if you don't have one, then you can't go to it. But I understand where you're coming from because it's, it's like, you know, what, what, where does this all lead to and how can we protect ourselves? Ultimately, we have to protect
0: ourselves. Is that why we're here? I mean... No are are we uh, we talk a lot about being the heroes are we are we shying away from the call to adventure here what and i know it's it's individual it's not like you're going to go out and uh run for president of the united states and fix the whole situation but in, in your own personal life and i'm not saying that you're supposed to go find that brother or sister that's going to boycott the thanksgiving dinner and get in their face but but am i just looking at this all wrong like It's not about hiding out. It's about the fact that we're here to play a role as the whole thing just spectacularly, spontaneously combusts.
1: I got it. I got my campaign slogan. Okay. A new flood to cleanse America. Bobby Flood, 2024.
0: Oh, I'm going to make that be like our banner. (laughs) Bobby Flood for president.
1: America needs a new flood. To answer your
0: question, like, I
1: think... I'm being, Bobby Flood, and I'm going to clean up this town. <laughs> I'm going to cleanse this town. Um To answer my question... <clears throat> I think being the hero means different things. Sometimes, some heroes save the world, right? Some heroes just save their, their, their friends and family. Some save a dog. Right. Or a cat. I think the best thing that... Uh, the best thing that most of us can do is to prepare our own household and whatever that might mean, you know, physical and temporal preparedness, spiritual and intellectual preparedness. To prepare them, prepare yourselves to, to withstand the onslaught, right? The, the, we've talked about the armor of God, put that on and, and, Again, like we said earlier, recognize that you're being lied to. (laughs) Find truth from error. That's the power of discernment is is in in immeasurable value. So valuable because it's it's how you're gonna see the difference between this and that and lightness and lightness, huh? Light and darkness. Lightness and darkness? Lightness and dark. And so being, being you, see, you know, is that just why we're here, just to survive? No. Obviously, there's a lot more to it. But if you believe the, you know, the Christian doctrines and the, the end times prophecies, then you believe that we're getting closer and closer every, every day to those prophecies being fulfilled. And that means we're going to live through some hard times. The people who live through those Legit end times, the end end times, not just the late end times, are going to live through some tough times. And maybe that's us. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe it's our kids. Maybe we're, but we're certainly seeing some tough times. And not just economic inflation and stuff, but an absolute assault on truth. You've called it a famine in the land of truth. And I agree. And it's, there is a, a huge battle waging, you know, spiritual wickedness in high places is perfect description. That's a perfect description. Not flesh and bone, but principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what, that's what this battle is. And I think that's how you, you fight it with spiritual righteousness in high places and in low places. And in any place you are, be a force for good.
0: So don't drink, don't smoke, keep your room clean, honor your father and your mother. Now, I, I get what you're saying here. The Bible if makes we, it
1: clear. I pity the fool who break this rule, he got Mr.
3: T to fear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's truth, right? This, the battle's over truth. Right. And that's, again, we're, ge- we're getting back to what we've said many, many times. You've got to be discerning. You've got to figure out how to um, deal with the people you're around because... You know, and sometimes I just want to get that sandwich board out. the end is near, and just walk up and down in the neighborhood but you i I've definitely lost plenty of credibility already with people that I know <laughs> <laughs> uh. and you you know this this war requires uh a lot of m- mental effort to to acquit yourself in the appropriate way to do the graceful thing, the appropriate thing, the best thing you know. Uh, one of the things
1: that I've talked about the mask a lot. I, I tried to never put a mask on, but I wasn't like militant about it in the sense that I didn't go up to other people and say, take the mask off, take the mask off like at church or at the grocery store instead, mm-hmm. especially at church because people there know me. I just had a big dumb grin on my face. And I would go in and, and shake people's hands or pat them on the shoulder and greet them. And I did the same thing at the grocery store, at least with the big, the big smile. Sometimes mm-hmm. I was pissed off and I just put my head down and got in there and out of there before somebody tried to run me down with their shopping cart. But hmm. my point is being that sometimes you don't have to say anything or really stand out more than you're comfortable if you're just an example of doing the right thing. Now the masks are bl- mostly gone. They're kind of the left version of the maga hat. <laughs> like you can you, if someone shows up nowadays to a to something with a mask on, you, you probably know all of their politics. You probably know that they also have a Ukraine sticker and a Black Lives Matter flag and they're they voted for Biden
0: and Evan McMullen and <laughs> I could think of some exceptions to that rule <laughs> there, but there, there are but, but that's, that's probably you know if it's a young person and they've been wearing it in the car, and
1: yeah, an older person that's just legitimately afraid for their
0: health—that's kind of a different thing.
1: I look that. I look at that as a as a victim. They're a victim of the propaganda. They're they're a casualty of war right. of this intellectual war, because they didn't wear the masks, bef- you know, before this, even though they were still an elderly person that was vulnerable to things.
0: Right. There's a lot of fear out there, <clears throat> so the um, the antidote to fear that's what I think that's what we're living in I think that that fear and that uh, recognition of the dire situation creates the black pill feeling and we need to we need to well Jordan Bruno needs to rise above that <laughs> when I say we I mean me I mean you people I mean me when Bobby <laughs> says you he means me um <laughs> My pronouns are me, you and me. <laughs> and uh, so, the antidote to fear—what is that? It, it's not just truth. Well, it's it's. And I'm I'm being serious here. I'm asking right. an honest question. It's light, I think, light as well. but truth. But there, I think there. Uh, we definitely need our God. We definitely need energy from them. Now more than ever. Fear is the mind killer. It is the mind
1: killer. It's the little death. And I think it's interesting, in that, in that Dune quote, he says that he will let it pass through him. The fear pass through him. And I think that's something we have to do in our own lives. It's not necessarily fight against it, but just let it pass. And then you assess the situation. And, you and only you on remain. It. Right. And you discern the truth from the error, the reality from the fabrication. And only you remain, meaning only after that, only truth remains, only reality remains. And uh, that's where we're at. And we each have to go through that. We each have to put our hand in the box and experience that pain and suffering, Mm. which was real in the in the you know the dune story but also it was based on fear right
3: mhm
2: and he let that fear pass through him and only he remained wise words well
0: they're frank herberts they're not mine right <laughs> fear is the mind killer we'll put that back up on the website it's been up a few times well it's, it's kind of the it was
1: kind of the founding <laughs> idea behind this
0: when are they going to come out with the second dune the the follow-up that was good i liked that it was a little great great visual imagery yeah you know
1: dune that first dune book is kind of it's an introduction Hmm. and i i've got to read i've got to read the the follow-ups because i like the world and the story and the characters but uh, i've read that first book a couple of times but never moved on to to the to the others, there's a there's a Dune video game coming out, uh, like takes place in like the you know that world, and it's a survival game. So you start off you know with nothing, and you have to.
0: I'm imagining. Um, what's the one where oh, I forget the name of it? Where you're you've got to cross a road, and there's all these cars going across, and you jump out, and then you jump back, and you Frogger, jump, Frogger. <laughs> It's Frogger, but with worms. No. That's not, I was, that's what I was imagining when you said there was a a video game. That that could be, that's what it would be.
1: That could be a a version of it. There was a, there was a, a, there was a Dune video game back in the old days that was a real time strategy. Remember those games like StarCraft? Oh, I love StarCraft. There was a Dune version of that, which was pretty fun. And I think that's been remastered or re released.
0: But
3: there's a new one. Dune
0: StarCraft?
3: Hmm.
1: There's a new one in development where it, it's a survival game, meaning you, you control one character and you start off with nothing. And it's you like a first person game? Third person. Well, first and third, I think. But you know, these survival games are a popular genre. What's a uh, survival game? Uh, like, like a specific example of one? Yeah. Um, oh, there's, uh, there's a Conan one. Well, what do you do? Okay, well, so you start we know, off, I know
0: what a first-person shooter is. That's where you shoot people. Yeah, it's not
1: so. These aren't so much shooters. They're they're they can be, but the basic premise for the survival genre is that you wake up from a shipwreck or a spaceship crash. So th-
0: instead of shooting people and looting the corpses, you just loot the corpses.
1: No, that it depends on the setting, but. Oftentimes what you do is you start off and you're like in nothing but a loincloth. Oh and so you start picking grass okay, to I've create
0: seen. some clothing. Okay, so you have to build things. And then
1: you find some stone and some sticks and you create a hatchet. And then you start chopping down trees to so get you better spend materials. your time
0: virtually chopping trees. Chopping gathering trees, wood. gathering stuff. To build all of the predetermined possible things you can build in the world which there, are limited and there are by the oligarchy there are and you're stuck in this simulation sometimes you trying have to, to survive yeah and it's maddening
1: sometimes <laughs> you have to kill things and you can like harvest meat and fur like there's a really fun one called valheim which is like a viking themed one and you can build awesome stuff like
2: Crazy and
0: you, cool. And you, Minecraft you, you is a survival a bu- you game. You farm a bunch of things. You get the pelts. You sell them to the merchant. They give you some gold. And pretty soon, the value of your gold is, def- is inflated away. You can't buy anything with it. And you're destitute again. <laughs> and all the animals are dead because there was a drought. I mean, some of them.
1: Now, a lot of them, they're, pro- they're building in progression. So, like, for example, Valheim, you start off with nothing. And you build your little shelter and your stone axes and stuff, and then you're ready for the boss, the first boss. And and killing the first boss, which in Valheim is like a magical, rampaging elk, <laughs> you can you earn rewards for killing him, which allows you to progress. So like you can earn a recipe for bronze weapons or whatever. I don't remember the, ex- the exact. And then you you go through the next phase. And in Valheim, you can build a boat and you can explore different world not worlds, but different you have to lands on the continent.
0: Or to make tools to build your boat. Exactly. Weird.
1: And you then progress through this, this boss progression. There's another one called V Rising, which is a vampire one, which is really fun. And it's the same idea. You kill bosses to get recipes and things that help you to build or make better weapons or you unlock spells. Um, you're a vampire in that one, and and you that one's a top-down camera angle, kind of like a Path of Exile or Diablo style mm. isometric, they call it. But you fight you fight these crusaders, mm-hmm. and you can go into a village and terrorize the the people <laughs> if you want to. Or they see you, they're like, "Oh, ah! this is what your children are learning." And, but it's pretty cool because like during this, if you get if you're out running around as a vampire in the daylight, if you step out of the shade, you start to fry, <laughs> and you'll, it'll kill you if you stay out there enough. So you have to like lurk among the shadows and then you do all your most, you know, your damage at night and you can turn into a wolf and a bat and you, you can build these beautiful castles filled with coffins and gargoyles. <laughs> and it's quite fun. The survival genre is, is really popular. Because I think people like the idea of starting from scratch and building something. And they can look back and say, look what I did. It's pretty fun.
0: I built this virtual thing. I built this virtual thing. And I live in a little box. And I spent real hours doing it. (laughs) Live in a little box and have no effect (laughs) in the real world. Well,
1: and maybe they resonate with us because the real world is a survival game. You start off with whatever you start off with. And you learn and you progress. And eventually, hopefully, you build something of value that you can look back on and say, I did that. And then it all gets taken away. Not like the Joe Biden sticker, I did that. But yeah, then, then it all gets, and it all taken, gets away. taken
0: away or inflated away. Okay, well, hey, we probably should wrap this up and uh, I'll stop being pessimistic. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll stop uh, recording me being pessimistic. You'll stop <laughs> recording me being pessimistic.
1: <laughs> right. Well, it's... It's a, ta- it's a challenging time, especially for people like us who know something is super screwed up and it needs to be unscrewed up. Right. That could be another uh, catchphrase. Let's unscrew this up. <laughs> <laughs> or just unscrew this.
0: <laughs> WTF. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Find us at the mindvirus.show. Find us on your favorite podcast aggregator please rate the show it, it i think it helps rate it highly yeah rate it highly like that is. a
0: five or a six full stars full stars
1: <laughs> leave a comment too we love comments we we try to we read them all sometimes
0: we will respond um yeah uh, there what? there there were some there were there were a few comments on the last uh well it looks like not on the the blood moon eclipse oh yeah we We like to thank I play the radio for quoting back to us some of the fun phrases that got out there the t shirt ideas right, and other people we did have some comment going on commentary going on on the ter- terrible questions if you wanna read that uh, there was a said student we had mentioned a student who had been reading some interesting stuff about. Mormon history. Race and Mormonism. And he made some comments. Yeah. We, the parameters of the re, this false reality just are changing too quickly for for my taste here. So anyway, uh, if you want to check out some of those comments, and if you want a comment and you want it read on the air, definitely make a good comment.
1: What were I play the radio's um, T-shirt suggestions? What did that person...
0: In the last one, what did they? Well, on the, <clears throat> on the terrible questions, he said, "I had an eye patch." Was one? I don't remember what we were talking about. And we also <laughs> had mentioned magi, ma- 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 magi. Yeah, and he suggested maguses. Yeah, yeah, or Magisen yeah. or magusen. That's where does that come from? Like an old Saturday Night Live. Uh, skit I think or it's something. a Brian Regan bit. Brian Regan, where he's yeah, talking about the Regan.
1: plural of box. Is box moose, but moose moose m- moosen like he Meese, ta- like yeah. meson. He 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 points out some of the absurdities in the in the way we pluralize certain words. You know what the plural
2: of moose is? Moose. Okay. The plural of deer, deer, deer. elk, elk. But
1: cow is cows. But we don't say deers or elks or mooses. Some people do.
3: Some the plural, say of,
1: the plural of ox is oxen. That's right. That's what Regan this, brought up. Yeah, but the plural of box is not boxen. <laughs> Brian Regan is awesome. Yeah, he's, he's funny. He is a very good comedian. Uh, highly recommended.
0: Here's some quotes that uh, I Play the Radio mentioned from last week. Uh, apparently, you said something about the vaccines being created ex nihilo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. And then you were talking about a targeting service. Yeah, that was from the um, the Digital ID website. They were oh yeah
1: focusing on targeting services, and I like, thought about like that a sniper. I, yeah, like a sniper. What's a targeting service like a sniper? But I, I thought about it later, I, and I maybe I misread it. Maybe they were targeting services, not
0: targeting, targeting services. services.
1: Either way, it's gobbledygook.
0: Say no to Digital ID. Maybe we're giving these people way too much of our energy. The problem is they <laughs> control, like, the means of communication and the money system, et cetera. Maybe we do. Maybe we could move to Pennsylvania and become Amish.
1: Yeah, but they... they I, don't, I don't
0: think <laughs> they would like us to be joining their group. At least not uh, me. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Mr. Flood, you are too pessimistic. What are they? I, vampire? I, are these I, vampire Amish? I also don't. You are too pessimistic. I One pessimistic. Oh, 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 oh.
1: I also don't know how to do anything. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't take a tree and turn it into a table and a chairs and a barn. <laughs> I, I can't but, see. Please, I
0: can't walk up to a cow. These guys have got skills. And thirty
1: minutes later, come back with butter.
0: The, the Amish you got skills. You've got do. to hand it to them. They post do. staff skills, computer hacking skills, <laughs> fireplace-making skills, barn-raising skills.
1: Probably the best that I know of. <laughs> all,
0: right. All, right. all right. All right. All right, I play the radio. Try to find a quote in all of that. There's one for you
1: right there. Thank you, everybody. We, are we gonna, appreciate
0: the listeners. We do.
1: We are going to go take our antidote for the black pill, which is a Dr. Pepper cream soda.
0: Okay. Have a nice week.